Black History Month was pioneered by Carter Godwin Woodson, the son of slaves. And to this day, he is the only Black American with slave parents who has received a PhD, which he got from Harvard. Woodson recognized that academia was racist and barred him from equal entry into their institutions. They also refused to have any meaningful dialogue regarding Black history. So, he made it his mission to preserve and study Black history himself. In 1926, he named the second week of February Negro History Week, coinciding with the birthdays of Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln. About Negro History Week, Woodson is quoted saying, It is not so much a Negro History Week as it is a History Week. We should emphasize not Negro history, but the Negro in history. What we need is not a history of selected races or nations, but the history of the world void of national bias, race hatred, and religious prejudice. Here at the I'm Sorry Grandpa podcast, we believe that Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to read about the movement to break down systemic racism, visit www.blacklivesmatter.com to learn more. I'm sorry, Grandpa. Welcome to I'm Sorry Grandpa, the movie review podcast where if you say our name five times, you summon a racist grandparent to tell you outdated opinions about different ethnic groups. I'm Morgan, and joining me today is the scab created by a nasty bee sting. I'm Sorry Grandpa, Keanu. And say his name. Manny. Manny. Candy Manny. Don't don't do it, don't do it. it. I'm literally looking at a mirror right now. Please don't do this. (laughs) Candy oh, man. Okay. Candy Manny. Say it five times, I dare you. Oh, he has Candy such Manny. a nice deep voice. Candy God Manny. damn. Oh, I can do deep. <clears throat> we know you can. Candy Manny. Candy Manny. You can get deeper than that. Candy Manny. Candy Manny. <laughs> Candy Manny. Candy Manny. Ah! The bees. The bees. The bees. Not the bees. bees. Not the bees. It's February. <laughs> And this month's theme Stupid. is February Douglas, celebrating yep. color in cinema. <laughs> Since it's Black History Month, I started us off with a film written, directed, and starring Black filmmakers, with a theme focusing on Black issues. But there is a lot of color in this world, and I hope this month showcases many different shades of color and celebrates the unique themes that different cultural and ethnic groups experience. But this week, we watched Candyman the 2021 film written by Jordan Peele and directed by Anita Costa. It follows Anthony, an artist who is searching for inspiration for his next art piece, leading him to stumble on the lore of the Candyman. The history of this legend and its roots in the projects of Cabrini Green put Anthony on a twisted path of self-discovery and self-destruction as he accidentally unleashes the Candyman on the community. 
So this film is actually a direct sequel to the 1992 film with the same name, which in turn is adapted from Clive Baker's short story, The Forbidden. I, are, I already know the answer for Manny, but I'm going to ask both of you. Have no. you guys seen the original film? No, not at all. Not a single. I didn't even know what it was. Uh, Manny has, in fact, already seen it. Also, Keanu, you deadass, my boy. You've never seen the original Candyman. It's a, it's a classic. You know how you've talked about this. I never watch any goddamn movies or any classics. Damn. Not I even Candyman 2, Dia de los Muertos. But yeah, a thing that you didn't cover real quick, though, Morgan. There were originally other sequels for Candyman that just yes. completely got glossed over. Although only kind of. They're a little bit included in the film. Like, uh, sort of like more as mentions as like, oh, yeah, there's many forms that the Candyman story has been told. Yeah. So like they brush upon it just ever so slightly. But yeah, yeah it does. But it, it seems like this this one is specifically a direct sequel of the original <laughs> yeah, movie. So I figured the other sequels are kind of offshoots. Un- yeah. They are. Uh, Which yeah. I liked that. I mean, you don't even need to see the original canon because they no. they straight up summarized it the yeah, entire film in that movie. Pretty succinctly. Which was great. I yeah. wanted to ask that before we get into it, just to confirm. It does Candyman work on like Doctor Who principles, right? That's like it's more of a. He's title. bigger on the inside. <laughs> he is a hive. He is a beehive. We, we're gonna make a lot of bee jokes. I'm not. Don't be ridiculous. Oh god. Okay. Let's let's all get it out right now. Let's buzz. I, buzz buzz. Um. I mean, Morgan, it's your movie, but if you don't mind, I could answer that question real quick. Um. Sure. Question at least about with my bee jokes? what? No, if, if Candyman falls under the same principles as Doctor Who, as in there are different iterations that are just the same Candyman, I imagine is what Keanu's question is. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if that's the case, um, yeah, this film, I guess, in my opinion, how I interpret it, this film does work under those same principles. There's other iterations of the Candyman, but he is always the same Candyman, just mm-hmm. sort of with the story being told again and again. So it's it's similar. I don't think the original Candyman series intended it to be that way. I think the original Candyman series was more of, this is a phantom and he has one story. Um, yeah, self-contained. We're already starting to get into sort of, sort of some of the themes that Jordan Peele wants to talk about in his film, right? The way that urban myths evolve and adapt and change to fit whatever culture they're currently in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to add back into this movie because I think it's another one of those movies where Jordan Peele and I guess, what was the name of the other director slash writer? I saw it. The director, uh, Nia DaCosta. Nia DaCosta, right. Um, they're clearly having it out with uh, the Black experience in art. But it seems like we sound pretty positive. Is that like the general consensus I'm getting? Or am I just kind of like digging the lore that we're exploring here? Well, Keanu saw it on his own, so... He can speak without any sort of other, I guess, biases. But, man, you can speak for your experience having seen the original. Yeah, I want to hear your experience first, actually. Yeah. I think it's a good sequel. I think it's a solid sequel. I think it expands on the lore. Um, On its own, I still think it's a good film. I like the themes that they cover. Um, I feel that they, Jordan Peele, and the cast and the other writer and director, are a bit heavy-handed. The symbolism is hard to miss, and I think that there probably could have been a little bit more subtlety when kind of grinding in the ideas of gentrification and, um, you know, <clears throat> Black artists behaving one way or appearing one way and then also being another way. And the idea of double consciousness, which is, I think, something Jordan Peele likes to talk about, I'll talk a lot about 
in his films. Um, I also don't really like artists. I don't like the artist type. <laughs> I don't um, like how they talk. I don't like the pretentious conclusions they make about everything. And I don't like how they make their art mean. Pretentious. Well, they try to insert so much meaning into their art that it becomes pretentious, which I think this film also is a little bit guilty of. However, yeah. I do think it's a beautiful film, the way that it uh, mm. was the cinematography. Shot. I think it was yeah. great. Yeah. There's a scene uh, where like a body's being dragged across like an apartment and it's silhouettes and it's gorgeous. And like the colors and everything are amazing. And again, I really do like the film. I just don't like the artist as a type of person. So the fact that we have to listen to so many of them spout their bullshit, because a lot of them are just spouting bullshit, bullshit, bullshit the entire time. And like, I get it. They're doing it in part to to sell themselves to like, you know. Huh? Don't you have so many artist friends? Yeah, I do. And and the second they start talking that way, I want to beat them. Uh, (laughs) It's, you know, it's one of my favorite things in the world. I love art. I love music. I love people who create things. Hell yeah. But. When you have to <laughs> talk about it so much and over-explain it, just let the art speak for itself. That's that's it for me. Just shut up and let the art speak for itself. Yeah, I, I agree with you in that this movie felt uh, pretty pretty heavy-handed. I think I laughed out loud at one point because it was like they were kind of showing a certain thing or because they were showing the whole deal with the Candyman and how it's just this thing that they uh, are, are using as a community in order to be able to deal with the the horrors of every day. And like they were showing that and showing that. And then the guy straight up says it at one point. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I mean, we already knew, like you were already showing us. You didn't have to say it too. Yeah. I feel it feels very repetitive when you show and then also tell. Yeah. I guess I mean, choose one. I was gonna say it could be on purpose. It could be to exaggerate it and to even make fun of artists and the art archetype a little bit it might be a completely intentional choice but it's it just still bugs you. me because i would have preferred it to be a little bit more serious and a little bit more subtle because that is one thing and you know this mm. is probably just one of those comparisons i can't help but make because i love the original film so much and because i watched it and rewatched it recently but the original is a lot more subtle you know it's from mm-hmm. the perspective of yeah. a sociologist so they're exploring the same topics and they talk about gentrification a lot because there's a sociologist talking about it but like it's still more subtle I think, I don't know. I liked the original a lot. I think I might have liked the original more. I could see that. I I might like the original more. I think there were some things that I liked better about this movie. It's a beautiful film. It is a beautiful film. Mm -hmm. Um, And And the acting's good. And the acting's good, yeah. But yeah, there's just some clunkiness to it. And that's probably the Mm -hmm. over-pontificating that goes on. It's over-pontificated. I felt like... They kind of made it also, like, they beefed it up too much and made it kind of confusing. I actually got lost a little bit, Mm. like, with the whole thing of the laundromat guy needing to turn the other guy into Candyman for some reason. Yeah, it really seems like he could have just become Candyman himself and done a whole self-fulfilling prophecy thing. His character was a little bit useless because the Candyman just straight up just like, yeet. I'm just Candyman now. The yeah. laundromat guy, I wish they had either just used him for the beginning to kind of help tell the story, and then he could have just never been in it again. Because after that, 
I don't know, maybe Jordan Peele, Nita Casa, any one of the traders on it had a specific purpose, but it felt it felt extra. We didn't need him to like mm-hmm. put the hook into him and like turn him into just like this <laughs> empty vessel for the Candyman to fill. Like Anthony could have done that himself. Anthony was already kind of doing it himself. It yeah. just it was it was that's that kind of that's where it lost me a little bit. Like it became like this weird fulfilling prophecy. Like we need to recreate a new Candyman. You didn't need to do that for any of the others. Why are you doing this weird thing with him specifically? It's almost like that he's a. Uh, I feel like it's almost like he is the the standing character for like the directors or for people who grew up with Candyman. They're like, we're gonna bring back Candyman because we need him now more than ever, right? <laughs> <laughs> the Batman. God damn it! You put out the B single signal. Oh my god. Nah. <laughs> Dang, no, I really like everyone's points here. I think very salient points all around. Um, yeah, Kenny, what were your thoughts? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh as the person who's definitely has not seen the previous film, I I did like this film, but I did feel some like again, like you all said, some niggling things that kind of bothered me that didn't make fully sense. Uh I was terrified, I will say, by the movie, <laughs> just because I'm a big weenie. So I skipped through a lot of parts. I was like, nope, I don't want to watch this part. <laughs> don't want to watch this part. scary. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I saw the ending. Okay, I'm good. I watched the whole scene. Good job, me. Good job. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, but I, I still like the film for that reason. Uh, I still picked it apart. I see, I see both your points about being heavy-handed. And at first, I didn't like it. Because I was like, you know, I, I hate getting spoon-fed something. It's like, well, I've seen it already. You're over explaining it now. Why are you wasting my time? And I thought about it a bit more, and something kind of came over me because uh what was it? A couple weeks ago I watched The Matrix 4. And I think a lot I think a lot of the same criticisms were levied at The Matrix 4 as they were at uh at this film, at Candyman. People were saying, oh, it's creators are being too heavy-handed with their message. Like it's no fun. It's bullshit. They, they, they don't get their own series. Like, why would they do that? And I think it has a lot to do with, like, how people have received those older films. Um, maybe not for Jordan Peele, since he didn't make those films, but he grew up with them. And based on the reaction that I see from people who are fans of the originals or fans of The Matrix, a lot of them take it upon themselves to really death of the author the thing and then just really rip it to shreds. and a really unfortunate way. I've seen a lot of people say like, oh yeah, Candyman wasn't political. A lot of people say, oh yeah, The Matrix wasn't wasn't political, wasn't very intentional about their meaning. It was just a cool action film. It was just a cool horror film. And I think that pisses people off, or at least creators off. And so they're just like, fuck it. I'm not going to put any nuance in my film anymore. You just get to take the raw, raw, intentional meaning of what I want to get across. And I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of feel split about that because, you know, I do like it when movies are more subtle, when they give you something to think about and it really enhances the feeling of uh, the movie. But I really don't like it when people do bullshit with, like, The Matrix and shit and say dumb shit about old movies where they have no right to say that because they just didn't get it or chose not to get it, you know? I don't know. I just, I don't know how you can take this film or its predecessor even without without seeing the kind of the um 
the race issues and the uh, and the gentrification issues and all that that come up because it seems not that it's heavy handed, but it's like it's clearly there, and it's like that's that's all there is almost. Like there's not other things to grasp onto. Yeah, I did find that this film made the Candyman a bit too easy to root for because almost everyone he killed was super fucking annoying. <laughs> uh, where like yeah, the are people, right? <laughs> oh yeah, it was really uh, easy to root for him killing them. It's very just it just sucks because you you fit you would think that in the art market people would care about your voice, and a lot of them don't. I could see that frustration a lot with um yeah, but well, not yeah, uh, Anthony Anthony yeah, yeah is uh, the actor's name, but it also might be the stand-in again for um repeal as well. Actually, well that's the thing, right? People want to consume uh black and brown art as long as it's digestible and pretty and stuff but when it's raw or when it's something that an artist really wants to tell for themselves then it's sometimes seen as like oh this is you know amateur hour even though anthony is a gifted skilled painter like you know this whole Candyman thing they just completely are like yeah not it not it for me today um but you know they they use him as like a as a way to get at his girlfriend who's um, expertise in art and discerning eye are just more digestible to like these yuppie art fucks. I actually had a question to pose to Manny specifically because he's seen the first movie. Uh, what I'm did Manny. you think about Anthony <laughs> being revealed as the baby from the uh, oh. from the first movie? Um, yeah, I didn't mind it. I liked it well enough. It was a nice little connection there. Um, I didn't think too badly of that one. That seemed like a decent choice to me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I liked the I liked the way it uh, it came together, and then mm-hmm. because I had been wondering the whole time, maybe they said it somewhere. How how long since what's her face Heather's uh, whole Candyman thing was? So that made it clear just about how much time had passed. But I guess I like because he's like considered the like the marked quote unquote. I guess like the the prophesized child, the one like chosen by Candyman, I guess ever since he was a baby and Candyman's just been waiting for him to show up again so he could take over him specifically. Again, there's somewhere in that whole thing, I can't put my finger on it, but something about that plot line like just lost me somewhere. I liked the reveal that he was the baby. I think that was like, that really added to his experience, I guess, his like closeness and like what it means for him in his past. Um, and it was kind of well hinted at and kind of well, that was nice and subtly kind of hinted at and brought forth, brought forth throughout the whole movie. I thought that whole plot thread was well done up until like the reveal happens. And then he just kind of becomes Candyman after that. I don't Mm. know. It just like, it felt like a really cool reveal and I liked the way it played out. And then after the reveal, everything after it kind of felt like it was unraveling rapidly and like in, in such a convoluted and confusing way. It has, I, I would agree a hundred percent there. Yeah. Like yeah. that's where, cause everything after that is like, then it's suddenly the, the laundromat guy chasing after Brianna and, and making these weird prophetic like comments that were just like, he just sounded like a crazy old man. Maybe yep, crazy from happened? his days of seeing someone get brutally murdered in front of him. Maybe that was the whole thing is like, this is what your violence breeds. 
it like breeds this kind of insanity beneath the surface that kind of uh, just breeds further and further kind of uh, violence, I suppose. But I don't know, the way it played off just kind of fell flat for me. Yeah, no, I, I, didn't, I, th- I thought it was a weak character as well. And I thought the reveal that it was Baby was pretty well, like, okay, fine. That, that's a nice little layer to it. But I think the Baby and the prophecy thing there kind of yeah. lost it for me. The prophecy, yeah. I'm like, why does he have to be the chosen one? Like, it's fine if he has a connection to Candyman. That adds a nice little depth to it. Like, he has history. Right. But a prophecy out of nowhere? Yeah. Like, yes. Candyman didn't weird. need a prophecy. It was weird. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> I wanted to bring up, we didn't talk about the baby thing at all. And I think that's an interesting at layer to Anthony's backstory yeah. and all that too. But the prophecy was just, it's like one step too far. <laughs> I totally agree. Because <laughs> yeah, no, the being born into it, it's it's nice. It's just a little thing where it's like, yeah, sometimes you're born into situations and you might, like sometimes you're born into a history and you might lean away from it or you might lean into it or you might find that cyclical and it repeats. But that's not a prophecy. That's just being born into a situation. Yeah. It's just yeah. called being not white. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. It just sounds to me like a bunch of lore and like uh, theories and philosophies kind of got mixed around there. And they're kind of just like, let's just let's put it all out there and see what sticks. Yeah. It's like the it Five Nights like at Freddy's series. It's like oh, at God. some point... You need to stop with all the lore, man, and just tell, like, one nice, simple Solid story. story. Why would you compare Five Nights at Freddy with this Welcome to I'm Sorry Gamepa. Whoa. It's the fantastical section where we play a game what with our paws. True. Da, 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 da. Wait, no, that's not it. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. What, what, what's the game? Well, this one I'm keeping real short and sweet. Just like Candyman. Ah, I like what you did there. I like what you did there. I am going to, for this game, dare you to oh. say his name. Are you serious? Five times into the No. <sighs> okay. Are you crazy? Um, does like any reflective surface work? Like, can I do it? I think so. Yeah, oh, I man. believe. Did they? Right. They did it at a, like a. I think it has to be a mirror, it? right? It's like it was always into a mirror. I don't think I have like a like a hand mirror on me or anything. Could I use the bathroom scene? They did that, right? Can I use they my had iPhone? like, oh, there's Candyman. 
Sure, use your iPhone. Yeah, that'll work. Because I have two options. I could use my iPhone, or I could do it into the window that is very reflective. That should be the window. Yeah, yeah. We're always window. doing it to the window. Window's good. Oh, <laughs> the window is so much creepier. Don't, don't fucking do, do it. Five times? You don't fucking do it. Five times. Don't. Oh, man. You know, weird. I wasn't scared, but now I am looking outside the window. It's very <laughs> dark out there. <laughs> and then you see, you just see Katie staring at you again. Katie's like gonna, that one like, somehow hear me and like come freak me out. I, at least is. I hope it's Katie that comes to freak me out. <clears throat> Please don't Five do times? this, man. Bad no. Times. Oh God. Oh wow. Why am I nervous? Gee, I wonder why. We just watched a movie about it. You gonna do it, Keanu? No. Oh, you bitch. I don't take this. I take this shit seriously. No, I do not. I don't do Ouija's. I don't do seances. I don't do uh, uh fucking grudge whatever's. Okay. Oh, I feel like I'm it's gonna give me nightmares more than you, son of a bitch. That's what I'm saying. Don't do it. I'm not even gonna like. I'm not gonna die, but like, I'm gonna get a fucking nightmare. Thanks for that, Morgan. You're not gonna like it. Oh, Candyman. She says it's a dare. Oh my god, Candyman. You don't don't fuck. You suck, Candyman. Uh. Candyman. <laughs> Just hearing you saying it, Candyman. Okay. Great. Okay. No more looking out the window the for the files. rest of the fucking night. He's done it, folks. Just like in the movie, word of mouth spread, and he dared. I myself will also be attempting the Candyman ritual. Oh, no. And I will be filming the attempt, and I'll post it up on our Twitter. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, Grandpa Podcast. (laughs) And Instagram, (laughs) at I'm sorry, Grandpa Podcast. Really throwing up that yeah. engagement. To- <laughs> I'll be posting. Uh, I'll be posting the attempt up there. So after you listen to this, go ahead and check out uh, our Instagram and Twitter accounts. We're we're really sacrificing ourselves for the on the content of altars or the altar of content. You know, uh-huh. this is a uh, man. It's a uh, our Twitter is at I'm sorry, Grandpa, and our Instagram again is what was it, Manny? Our Instagram. At I'm sorry, is Grandpa. The, nope. Our Instagram is at the I'm sorry, Grandpa podcast. Okay. Instagram at the, the I'm sorry, Grandpa podcast. Twitter at I'm sorry, Grandpa, where you will see my live video attempt to call upon Candyman, and we'll see. Uh, I guess next week we'll see if uh, Manny and I survived. You'll you'll find out whether we're there or not. Yeah. You'll see if I post another episode next which... time on Dragon Ball Z. So that ends our game for uh, for today because Keanu was a pussy and refused. <laughs> you know it. You fucking know it. All right. Which I guess that brings us to our month's theme discussion. So this month's theme, since we're talking specifically about films um, with uh, specific intentions to kind of call upon perspectives outside of whiteness. Uh I guess I want to hear your own takes on how well you think this film uh, did kind of, I guess, um, showcasing a different uh, perspective outside of kind of like a more, I guess, a more colorful perspective. And do you think the story is thematically works universally or do you think it is a very specific kind of uh, story? Do you think it works uh, like um, for any viewer, or do you think it's showcasing one specific perspective and is not reflective? 
Yeah, I think just off the cuff, I think there are definitely some themes that are very central to the Black experience. And um, I think it might be hard for people who aren't Black to necessarily understand what it means to be Black in America, uh, specifically being a Black artist in America. However, I think that the perspective of the artist is actually more emphasized in this film than the Black artist specifically, I think. I think that's a big theme, too. I think a lot of it revolves around art. And so I think in that way, it's universal. But I do think that there are some very specific themes here. So I think maybe maybe specifically Black artists will get the most out of this film. But I think other Black people, other artists, other people of color with shared experiences would still get something out of the film. Movie scary. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think this movie has a lot to do with the black experience. Obviously, I don't think it speaks too much to a lot of different uh, other people's experiences either, though, which is fine. I think that's important to have that kind of very specific—not specific even, but like um, that voice told in these kinds of stories. So, I think it works well for this movie obviously especially with this is it's a black movie or it's mostly black which i would say i just i feel like since this is like one of the few movies we've, we've watched that are like almost all black or certainly is all black just definitely watch other people's reviews too especially if they're black led i tried to make sure i got the widespread of reviews before i came in here and i was like i didn't want to just bring in my perspective i felt like or at least just like not just get my own perspective coming into talking about this film. So small advisory. Yeah. Speaking of, I spoke to a, uh, a friend. Oh. I don't remember if she'd seen the original or not. I think she had, but uh, I spoke with a, with a friend who is specifically a black family from uh, Jamaica. And she saw this movie mm. and she definitely preferred this one to the original. Mm. She, cause she was like, she, she'd yeah, rather see. Interesting. Black people like front and center in the story rather than like a white woman. Mm. Um, That's actually very fair. Which yeah, was like, true. which was her takeaway. And I talked to her about this, I guess, months ago when she saw the movie because I was thinking about watching it because I liked the original and I had asked her opinion on it versus the original. And that's what she had said. And that, that stayed with me. And I was still thinking about that while watching this film and also now. So. Guess good time as any to share just a, another friend's perspective. It's fucking tight. I didn't know that. Or are you that you you? I didn't know you had that experience or shared that experience with someone. Of talking about this film. <laughs> well, well, to another like black person, mm-hmm. I I don't think I have at all. Um, yeah, I can maybe talk about it with my coworkers, but yeah, if they've seen know. it, talk with a. Uh, it's good to yeah get other people's opinions, especially when it's like a film that is I like to answer the themes thing. I agree with both of you in that it's a very like black centric film in its mm-hmm. themes. I mean, a lot of it it kind of starts and ends with police shooting, right? Police shooting black mm-hmm. kids, or you know, uh, black men, and yeah, black kids, black men, black people, uh, and that kind of. Uh, authority on black violence um or just yeah that is is something that kind of carries throughout the film and i think it was very clear 
kind of what perspective and mindset was on the writer and director's minds uh, when they created this movie, considering uh, just all the things, especially specifically in America, that have just been happening with with uh, police shootings and Black Lives Matter in in the past, you know, few years. Um, mm-hmm. And it was definitely very, very uh, clearly threaded throughout this film, which already was about gentrification and and race issues, like which they tacked on from the original and then added even more to it that kind of goes with uh, our more our more modern issues. Um, so definitely very much a black issues film. Um, and in that sense, it's not a universal story. It's very much a, a something that is plaguing a very specific group. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean it can't give us kind of, I guess, a... a ref- something a, of our own. Yeah, it's like a, a mirror yeah. into like, oh yeah, these horrible things are happening. We should be aware and maybe um, help fight for for something better. Um you don't have to relate to the experience to feel for the experience. And right. it's it's right. important that people can be can empathize with the experience, even if it's not something that they experience themselves. Agreed. So I think that brings us to the ratings. Seven point five out of ten. It's a good movie, but I there there are some qualms that I just can't get over. And you know, comparing it to the original, which I can't help but do, I like the original better. I give it an eight. Uh, I quite like this film. The clunky, but I kind of feel like the clunky works for it. So good stuff. Yeah, eight out of ten, seven point five. The solid reviews. I'll give it like a swarm of bees oh, out of one hook. Ah, I love your abstract uh, fucking work. This one's good. Oh, that's a good review score, yep. actually. You know, another thing I really like the way they did the like the bees like being on one side of the glass uh, or like transitioning from, you know, one side of the mirror to the other. I really liked those shots. There were some really great shots. We like broadly said we liked the shots, but we didn't uh, talk a whole lot about like specific shots or anything, but it, it had some really pretty, I really liked a lot of the stuff they did with mirrors. It was fun. Yeah. They, they changed the significance of the mirror a lot, I think. And I think it, a lot of it comes down to do, a lot of it comes down to Jordan Peele's favorite subject, the idea of being two different people, duality, double consciousness. So I think instead of looking at the mirror as like a reflection of society, Jordan Peele is like, it's a reflection of yourself because with the original Candyman, you know, it wasn't Candyman that was ugly. It was the fucking world he was born into that was ugly and hideous. And that's what it was. And that's the metaphor. At least that's how I interpret it. But this one, it's just like, the mirror is for each individual person and you know the artist they focused a lot on the artist here oh actually what before we go there was one scene where anthony was like looking at himself and then he looks away from it and then his his reflection didn't move with him i was like oh that's creepy all right now that brings us to yeah her next (laughs) film oh shit it's Manny in the house with the next film Manny we are in the watching. House. All right. It is the month of February Douglas. Is that what we said? Or is it? Fred Uary Douglas. Fred Uary Douglas. What a clunky <laughs> writing convention there. <clears throat> Say it correctly. Fred Uary Douglas. Fred Uary Douglas. All right. 
And so to continue with the theme of just people of color in film and their stories, let's go down south to a little country I call Mexico. And we're going to watch a film that came out in 2018 called Sonora, The Devil's Highway. Oh, I think I've heard this. Cool. We'll talk about it more next week. And uh, without further talking, I will now bid you all goodbye and or adios. Good night, my sweet, my sweet, sweet boy. <clears throat> my buzzing sweet boy. Disculpame, grandpapa. Uh, what? <laughs> you said it in Spanish. Disculpame, abuelo. Wouldn't be lo siento? What's it? What's Lo siento is I'm sorry. Right. Oh, yeah, you're right. At least says I'm sleeping. Lo siento is... Yeah, I guess it could be really translate. The scoop I made is uh, forgive me. Oh. Forgive me, Grandpa. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Grandpa. Forgive me, Grandpa. Grandpapa, no! Oh, my God. If you look up I'm sorry, Grandpa, we're like one of the first things that comes up on, on Google. That's terrible. Wait, what? What comes up on Google? If you look up, I'm sorry, Grandpa. Like, we're one of the first oh, yeah. things that pops up. We, God damn it. No. No way. Are you we're serious? We're the first thing that pops up, like, that isn't, like, a video. That isn't a video. Oh, and we're the terrible. second image that pops up. What? And then, and then I'm sorry, real. Grandpa, by Keanu oh, Giza. Damn the it. podcaster grandfather certainly apologetic over Your Twitter's on here. Oh, you know, Twitter. no. I didn't know that. Oh, that's bad. for you to help you get settled in on your first night.